are here at, um, as you know, Capernaum in the uh, Sea of Galilee. Uh, this is the synagogue that Jesus would have taught from and done ministry from. And so I want you to turn in your Bibles. We're going to turn to a couple of passages, and we're going to just take a brief look at it. Luke chapter 4. So let's take a look at Luke chapter 4, verse 31. I want you to see there's several, several stories. I couldn't do all of them because it would just take too long. Uh, to go through so many of the stories that happened right here in Capernaum, but I just I do want to hit a couple of them. Luke chapter four, verse thirty-one. Um, and if you're there, I'll begin. I'll begin reading. Luke chapter four, verse thirty-one reads this. Then he went down to Capernaum. So the Bible's saying and teaching right here, right off the bat, that he's coming to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them. On the Sabbath, where would he have taught them? Right behind me, right here at the, right here at the synagogue. So as he's in there on this Sabbath teaching, verse 32, and they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. So he's preaching with authority. Now in the synagogue, so where is this happening at? It's happening right there. So in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice. Can you imagine? Jesus is teaching. He's teaching away. And all of a sudden this demon starts screaming out of this guy. The Bible says in verse 34, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. It's interesting that people will not call Jesus the Holy One of God, but the demons will. And this happened right here. But verse 35, but Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him, thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power, that's word dunamis, uh, which means supernatural power, he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. And the report about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. And then he goes to Simon Peter's house and he heals his mother-in-law. So that's one story I wanted to read. Now I want to go to Luke chapter 7 and show you something else. Luke chapter 7. So turn a few pages and let's look at verse 1. So that's amazing to me is this is one of the few places that you can go with 100% that happened right there. While he's teaching in that synagogue right behind me, he cast the demon out and everybody's astonished and amazed because they'd never seen such things. So Luke chapter 7, check this out. Um, now when he had concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. So he's been teaching somewhere else and he comes right here in the city. A certain centurion servant, a centurion was a soldier who was over a hundred soldiers. He was he, was, he had a hundred people under his command. Who was dear to him, was sick and ready to die. So his servant is ready to die. Verse 3, so when he heard about Jesus, wow, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. I love the faith of this man. Verse 4, when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. The synagogue Jesus preached from and taught from was built by a Roman centurion. 
Verse 6, Then Jesus went with him, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, Go, and he goes, and to another, Come, and he comes. And to my servant, Do this, and he does it. I love what he does here. He says, Hey, I give a word, and my people do what I say. I understand authority. Jesus, you don't even have to come here. You just give the word. That's all I need. Here was a man, we live in a day and age where we wish Jesus would come and touch physically our bodies and heal us. This was a man that had that opportunity with Jesus on his way and he said, hey, don't even bother him. Just tell him, say the word, it's done. And Jesus marvels at this. Verse 9, when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, turned around and said to the crowd, followed him. I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. In other words, I haven't found this kind of faith among my own Jewish people. And here this Roman centurion has greater faith than anything I've ever seen. And those who were sent, returning to the house, found the servant well, who had been sick. The centurion, here's the lesson for us. He simply believed Jesus' word. I have a question for you today. If you need healing, or you need a miracle, or you need breakthrough, will you, just as the centurion, simply believe God's Word. Can you take Jesus at His Word? Can you see what He has said here and believe it like the Roman centurion did? Now I want to point out that He was healed. 1 Corinthians 12 says there's gifts of healing. I believe there's five gifts of healing. And I want to say them. They're the five D's. Everybody say five D's. The first is divine. It's a miracle from God. Right? The doctor scratches their head he says, I have no idea how this happened. We have an emergency doctor here. I'm sure at some point in time, Tom has seen something in your career where you said, I can't explain it. It's a divine miracle from God. The second D would be doctors. Doctors like our doctor right here. God has gifted them with the ability and the knowledge to help them. He's educated these men and these women. He's given them the knowledge and the technology to help us through heart surgeries and all kinds of different things. The third would be diet eating the right foods. We can fix a lot of our problems by changing our eating habits. The fourth would be discipline, getting exercise, getting plenty of rest, living a disciplined lifestyle where we, where we, we exercise, we do the right things, we eat right, we sleep right. And then finally, the one D that nobody ever thinks about, death. That's ultimate healing. When someone passes away, especially when they're older, they've received their total healing. They'll never be sick again. So there's five D's, I want to call them. In, uh, in Mark chapter 5, I don't want to take the time to go through it, but here Jesus returns from Gadara, which is over there. He has cast the, the demons out of the man from Gadara. And the Bible says he comes back to Capernaum. He returns to his city, according to Matthew 9, 1. And it's here, there's one last little nugget about healing, that the ruler of the synagogue, so now he's already healed the centurion's servant. He's already been casting devils out of there. Now the ruler of the synagogue, the head Jewish rabbi, I would suppose would be what you would call him, right here in the synagogue, sends word for Jesus to heal his daughter. And while Jesus is on the way to heal the man who runs this synagogue, the head, the head rabbi of it, there is a woman that comes up that has, has been hemorrhaging blood for 12 years. 
And right here in this city, she climbs up behind him and touches the hem of his garment. And when she does, Jesus felt virtue flow out of his body and heal her. And he stops and he says, wait a minute, who's healed? Who, who's, who touched me? Well, everybody's been touching him. And the disciples are like, what do you mean who's touching me? <laughs> everybody's touching you. He says, no, no, no. Somebody touched me with a touch of faith. There's a difference in touching Jesus and touching him with faith. He says, somebody touched me with faith. I felt virtue go out of my body. And finally, she realizes she's caught. And he says, go, my daughter. Your faith has made you well. Jesus can distinguish the touch that we give to him in prayer. Are we praying just hopeful prayers? Or are we praying in faith based on his word? And then after she's healed and she goes off after hemorrhaging blood, she'd wasted all her money. She'd wasted 12 years of her life. She was, she'd spent everything she had to get well. One touch from Jesus and she's healed. Then he stops there and he heads to the ruler of the synagogue and he raises her and he heals her. And what this city reminds me of, 85% of Jesus' miracles happens right here in the Sea of Galilee. You find one instance after the other, after the other, after the other of healing. What I didn't tell you was the ruler of the synagogue basically said, don't worry Jesus anymore, my little girl is dead. He shows up anyways, he said, hey, she's only asleep. They begin to mock him. He throws everyone out of the house except for Peter, James, and John, and he prays for her, the ruler of the synagogue's daughter and raises her from the dead. Here's what I want to leave with you. Do you need a miracle from Jesus today? Do you need a breakthrough today? Does your family need a healing or a breakthrough? Is there a situation or something in your life you think is dead? Your marriage, a family member just on the wayward way, whatever it might be, he is the same Jesus that cast demons out right there, that healed the centurion servant of the sickness, that raised the, the, the little girl from the dead, that healed the woman with hemorrhaging blood for 12 years. Right here in this city, right close to here, some of that even in there, is the same Jesus here today to heal you. Mm -hmm.